Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. All right, guys, this is a special pleasure. We haven't had a chance to speak to this man in quite some time, but he is the OG of OGs, the legend in blue, the master of the first question, the one and only John Morgan is back on Submission Radio, his rightful second home, really, John. I mean, what are we really talking about here? I mean, listen, dude, it had been so long. I thought I had done something wrong. I'm just glad to hear from you guys, man. I thought I'd upset you. You guys had shunned me from the entire continent of Australia. I, was, I felt bad about it, man. But uh, I'm, I'm glad we're back. I'm glad whatever I did, you've forgiven me. And, and I'm here in your good graces once again. No, no, let's make it public. Our love for you, John Morgan, is like the NWO for life. For, for life. Um, we've got to ask you, though, man, where are we at on the, 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 the hit show, John Morgan looking for a beer. We thought there was a lot of steam behind it, man. Please mm-hmm. tell us that this thing is, uh, you know, since we've we've we haven't talked in a while, tell us that it's uh, in production, please. Well, you you know, I haven't seen you guys in a long time. I don't know what's going on in your part of the world, but over here things have slowed down a little bit in terms of being outside and going around. There's this small thing going around. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's been kind of affecting everybody's life the last year and a half or so. But uh, no, we need to get back to that. We need to get back to that. There needs to be a show for that. John Morgan's looking for a pint. We go around. We we, we take some fighters. We drink some beers. We talk to them in May. I mean, come on. Who would want to tune in for that? Man, that sounds amazing. And look, let's get into it because there's been a bit going on in the world of MMA. First off, what do you make of this sort of reignited feud that we're seeing right now between Corey Anderson and Jan Blackwitz? Obviously, a bit going on back and forth between two guys who haven't been the most vocal guys when it comes to talking trash, but obviously kicked off from Corey's sort of hinting at he's being the best in the world, Jan not taking too good to that, and them having that 1-1 rivalry that's now sort of spanning across these two companies. I'm kind of torn on it, to be honest, guys, because on the one hand, it's nice to see a little bit of trash talk come out of these guys, right? I mean, you don't ever want it to be fake. I, you mm. know, I don't like just manufactured rivalries. But as you said, these are two guys that throughout their career have been kind of quiet, kind of reserved, right? You go to talk to them and you're like, I don't even know what we're really going to talk about here other than just the tactics of this fight or whatever. But now they've got a little flavor and I like it. You know, Corey Anderson has always had that kind of bubbling under the surface a little bit. But, you know, there, there were there were times that he would almost apologize for it. I remember one time he was dancing past press row after a victory and I actually you know had a little clip of him doing it we posted it on the internet it was cool it was a good moment and he basically came out and apologized afterward and said it was like bad sportsmanship and I was like no bro you just won enjoy it like show us some of that so it's cool to see him coming into his own and really flourishing under the belt or banner man it seems like like an entirely new phase of his career man this guy's operating at you know peak performance and now having a little swagger about him too so i like to see it same for jan blahovich man a, li- a little bit fun he's always been a little bit more subtle right he's kind of got that dry sense of humor and i'm sure it was you know probably he's probably like more outgoing and polish than he is in english or what have you but i feel like he's growing into his own as well so it's great to see from both of them now here's the part where i'm torn they're not going to fight. So mm. I mean, like, what's what's the point? That's the only bad part. It's like we're starting to sell this rivalry, and it's cool, and it's good, um, but they can't fight. So where do we ultimately go with it? But I will say it is interesting now that, you know, Scott Coker comes out and says, hey, I think the winner of our Grand Prix is the number one light heavyweight in the world. And I think it's interesting that we can at least have that conversation now. If John Jones was still competing, if he was still active and he was still at 205, I don't think we could have that conversation. John Jones is still the best 205 on the planet, in, in my opinion. 
but he's not active right now and he's moving to heavyweight. So now we can actually have these discussions. And man, I think that's a, a great showing for Bellator and, and, and where they've kind of grown their promotion and where they stand these days. And now they do have athletes that you can make this case and we can actually have the conversation. You know, it's crazy. This move uh, for Corey seems to be, like you said, like a blessing in disguise. Like he's got a new career. Uh, he wasn't. He didn't have the best run in the UFC. He was on the losing end of a, a lot of bad knockouts. And now here, he's he, he just beat Ryan Bader, which is a massive, massive feather in his cap. And like, if you looked at this Grand Prix, like people were thinking like, oh, you know, Bader, Romero, Rumble. And he's like, in, in a massive way, the dark horse. And I know not that long ago, he was talking about, you know, potentially retiring, focusing on um, coaching wrestling. Where, how well do you think Bellator could build the company around him as, you know, one of the biggest names and one of the biggest stars with that, you know, UFC brand, even though he wasn't the biggest name in the UFC, but with his, I guess, newfound success? I think they can build around him tremendously if he wins this fight. You know, it's funny. You mentioned like the exit of Romero, the exit of Rumble from this Grand Prix. And I remember I was talking with Nolan King uh, ahead of the semifinals of the Grand Prix. And I'm like, hey, is it just is it just me or is this is this Grand Prix not really resonating the way that some of their other Grand Prix have? And he's like, yeah, I, I kind of feel you. But now after this past weekend, I'm not going to lie. After those two performances that we saw, I'm really excited for Anderson versus Nemkov, man. I think that's a fantastic final. And if Anderson can win and if he can do so impressively, I think they can build around him. Like I said, I don't think Corey Anderson was ever really comfortable in the UFC. And I don't know if it was a matter of him just growing into himself and, you know, maturing as a human being and believing in himself. Or if it was, as he's kind of mentioned, sometimes the situation of the pressures that are in the UFC that now he doesn't feel as much. You know, that he's he's getting paid incredibly well right now under the Bellator banner. He, he feels like his family's taken care of. That's taken a load off of his shoulders. And they say in the gym, man, he's just an absolute animal uh, beast in 25-8, if you will, working overtime. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> look, I think there's great potential. If he could go out there and have a phenomenal victory here and do something special against Nemkov, who, you know, Nemkov may be not the most well-known name by any stretch, but if anybody's been watching him fight, the guy is really damn mm. good. Uh, and and if, if Corey Anderson can win this fight and do so impressively, um, I think he does have the opportunity to be a to be a star. And then you've still got those names like Rumble, hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, seems like he's getting healthier, you know, hopefully he fights again, but uh, number one, obviously is his health, you know, maybe Romero's out there as well. So, I mean, there are still some big fights to make for, for Corey Anderson after this. So uh, it's a big opportunity for him. I got to like, like the fact that it's kind of cool for both companies in the sense that we're both talking about Bellator and obviously Jan's got this fight coming up against Glover to share it. And I almost feel like there's a little bit more added excitement to see his return with it as well. I don't know. It kind of works well with both companies here. Or it's kind of like, hey, Jan, you know, talking a bit of trash. Hey, Corey's here. A little bit of fun for people to have. And I think that's kind of what combat sports is about sometimes, us having those discussions and those fun sort of back and forths. Let's quickly touch on Conor McGregor, John, because we saw he got in yet another alleged altercation with a DJ. I was reading the report, it's all alleged, but apparently they were just hanging out, having a good conversation for a couple of hours, and then boom, he blasts them in the face, knocks them <laughs> over. Uh, they're, they're there with their partners, their fiancés. The craziness continues. I mean, for what you under, first of all, what was your reaction to that? Is there any surprise at this point? And from what you understand, what is the UFC's current plan with Connor? Because we keep hearing Nate Diaz's uh, contract is basically down to one fight. And the UFC's plan is to try and delay Nate long enough to make that fight a possibility before he possibly leaves for good. 
Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. And um, I would understand that from a business perspective. Obviously, that's going to make a ton of money, right? And I mean, everybody involved, you know, that's the one fight I've always said. Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz could both be on like 10 fight losing streaks and you put them together for the trilogy. It headlines a pay-per-view and it sells, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what they've accomplished in the recent fights leading up to that. So, I mean, that's a huge moneymaker. Whether or not the timing work out, we'll see. I mean, obviously, Nate Diaz, uh, you know, he, he can take another fight in the interim if he chooses and, and, and fight out that contract. Obviously, you know, Connor's got to get uh, healthy and, and get that leg healed so that he can compete again. So I don't know if the timelines are going to match up, but I've heard the exact same thing behind the scenes is that that's the plan. And it, and it totally makes sense, right? I mean, that's the biggest fight you can make for either guy uh, is that fight with each other. I just don't see me personally bigger matchups for either man than each other. So it, it seems to make sense as long as the calendar lines up. As far as, you know, the incident itself, I mean, I haven't seen any, any legal documentation yet. Obviously, I've seen the reports of the gentleman that was involved. Um, it's just a damn shame, man. I mean, ah, Conor McGregor, is, I mean, he's the biggest star in the history of the sport. There's no question about it, man. And what he's accomplished in his career, both in the cage and financially for himself outside of it, I mean, it's unprecedented and it's amazing. And it used to be a guy that was so fun to cheer for, right? I mean, that ride up to the top, the guy that was the plumber's apprentice who then manifested this destiny for himself and, and, and lived out these dreams. I mean, I remember the early days of him and Mayweather going back and forth. And I'm like, come on, this is never going to happen. And then it happens, you know, and the iconic pose with the two belts over the chest. I mean, it's just unbelievable moments that this guy has provided for us. But, um, you know, now these continued incidents, they're troubling, man. I just hate to see it. You know, you, you hate to see it. And when it happens over and over and over, you start thinking, man, it's, it's not just, you know, an unfortunate situation. You know, you're, it's like you're putting yourself in these situations. And I just don't like seeing him go down that road, man. I, I hope he can get out of it, you know, for the sake of himself, for the sake of his family. I'd love to see him come back and compete. You know, I, I don't really have an interest in seeing him fight Dustin Poirier again at this time. Um, but, you know, again, that Nate Diaz fight and other ones are out there. So, I mean, I, I still want to see Conor McGregor compete. But, man, these these repeated incidents are, are, are getting frustrating. Do you think that there'll be a time where we look back on these things kind of lightheartedly like somebody reminded me the other day and this is like sort of in the conversation like john jones and like dude that guy's just that guy's career is just spiraled out of control someone reminded me mike tyson went to jail for rape like and everybody loves mike tyson now do you think that one day like we'll look back on these things and like uh it'll be more like oh you know connor was just a funny guy like he didn't take shit from anyone he once punched a dj just for you know whatever or he just smashed this guy's phone for whatever like you know i'm sure yeah, like you think about like Nick Diaz and Joe Riggs it would have been a huge deal at the time. And now it's just like they're making cartoons about it. The UFC is promoting it. Do you think that that ever happens with Connor? like in 10, 20 years, maybe when when the book comes out or something? It certainly can. And that's the hope. But that's the, that's the thing about these incidents is where do they stop? Mm. You know, it's not so much that he punched a DJ, right? Like, I, OK, whatever. Bar fights happen all the time, man. Go down on the Las Vegas Strip and you can see somebody get punched and you might even see a DJ get punched. You know what I mean? So mm. it's like it's not necessarily that incident that's like, oh, my God, can you believe he punched? We put lock this man up. No, no, no. It's where do these incidents stop? You know, if it happens once, you go, oh, man, a crazy night. You know, you, you you had a little too much on that one and, and whatever, you know, but it just keeps happening. Where does it stop? Does it continue going? Because you're absolutely right. Everybody loves a good comeback story, right? I mean, that's that's the best part is, you know, you know, making it back to the top after being at the bottom or whatever. And so, yes, absolutely. There can come a time where we look back and say, ah, oh, Connor, man, he, he was a little crazy for a while. He, man, he got those millions and things just went a little nuts for a while. He was living that high life, partying a little too much from time to time. Absolutely. But that's the thing is it's got to stop somewhere before you can't have a comeback until you're not spiraling downward anymore. You know what I mean? And so that's what troubles me. It's like when 
when does this stop? When does it come to an end? When can we just get the guy back that, man, when Conor McGregor is at his best, who doesn't love cheering for him? I, I mean, mm. a fighter that where fans hang on every word he says, you know what I mean? It's, it's unbelievable. He has a way to inspire, to, to thrill, unlike anybody else in the sport. And all I think all any of us want to see is just him be that guy, you know, whatever it is. And as long as he's doing stuff like this, you wonder, like, I mean, how much dedication is he putting into his rehabilitation and, and, and coming back and all those? And what level is he going to be at when he comes back? And I think that's the reason we're all just saying, like, stop, Connor, stop. Let's let's get it back on track and, and show us a glimpse of that guy from Madison Square Garden, man, that just you felt like you were watching something historical, you know, and be that guy again, because that's what we all want to see. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, just be kind of just be what you are, like, just be yourself, because we see him in the first Dustin fight, you know, in the second Dustin fight, he's shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, he's basically running the country. He's like uh, the president of the United States. And then the following fight, he's circling around the stage, throwing bottles to people. It's like, you Your know, wife it feels DMs. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, just, you know, whatever's going on, This is that's why fans loved him, right? When he first came out, he was just so original and people loved his personality. It would just be great for, for everything to be open and people could see what really is going on with Conor McGregor. Just quickly, on that John Jones thing, man, I mean, yeah, it's crazy as well. An another polarizing guy, one of the greatest of all time. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, wh where do you sit on what we see from John Jones now? Currently, he's suspended from Jackson Wink. Um it doesn't look very good in terms of his return. We know that he was so close to possibly making this heavyweight debut. Do you think we see John Jones back in 2022? What needs to happen, do you think, for that to even be a possibility? Yeah, I, I think we'll see him back, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it, I don't know how much further the legal stuff is going to go, but I mean, obviously you read from the police report, it already felt like it was kind of being swept under the rug with nobody willing to say what happened. And uh, I, I don't know that he's going to face a lot of legal repercussions for this. I mean, I think it's certainly been damaging in terms of, you know, the court of public opinion and what people think about him. Um, I, I feel for him and the fact that he's been, um, you know, suspended from the gym, but I also applaud Mike Winklejohn for making that decision. I know it couldn't have been an easy decision to make, but I, I, the, I I love the words that were in that tweet that that uh, John since deleted it originally. But when he said that, you know, it, it hurt to lose the respect of someone that he, you know, or to lose the support of someone he respected so much. And I hope that that really resonates with him, that those are true. If it really does bother you that you lost the support of somebody who you respect that much then let that be the wake-up call, you know, because the multiple arrests haven't been the wake-up call. The multiple issues haven't been the wake-up call. So maybe it's the fact that somebody you consider a friend and a mentor had to do this to you. Maybe that's the moment that the light bulb goes off and you go, ah, I can't do this anymore, man. Those around me that are closest to me are now, you know, saying that they don't support me. Why not? I know that couldn't have been an easy decision for Mike Winklejohn to make, but I think it was the right one. And hopefully, again, it's, this is another situation where hopefully this is the moment where John realizes, hey, man, I, this is just dumb for me to go down. I can't keep doing this. You know, it's going to impact me financially. It's going to impact my family. You know, certainly we're talking about young children, how it impacts them. I mean, there's so many, you know, ripple effects into the decisions that you make. You may think, you know, John Jones, the man may be fine living the way he's living, but it's those around him, you know, that are being impacted by his decision. So, you know, he says, hey, I recognize the problem is alcohol. I'm going to stay away from it. Yeah, kudos, man. If that's the decision, then, hey, that's that's a step. But, you know, I, I, it can't just be alcohol. There's got to be other decisions that are made as well. But, you know, maybe that is the trigger for all of me. It, do, it certainly does seem to be involved every time he's in an incident like this. Right. It does seem to be alcohol involved. So that's a that's a tremendous first step. So, yeah, I, I do think we'll see him. You know, it's not like 
you know, when he's kicked out of the gym, it's not like it was told, it was said that, you know, and none of the coaches are allowed to work with you or whatever. And it's not like John Jones doesn't have the financial resources to secure a, a training center where him and his coaching staff can come in and he can pay them personally and, you know, all the things. There. So I don't think there's really any hurdles to him coming back other than himself. As long as he's feeling good and ready to compete, um, I, I think we will see him next year uh, as a heavyweight. I don't think the UFC is really going to take a lot of actions. I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of, you know, we, we do see it every now and then, but it doesn't seem like, you know, much is going to go forward in terms of this case with his wife, not or his fiance, I should say, not really wanting to, to be involved in, in saying that, you know, she was struck or anything like that. So um, I, I'm not I'm not anticipating a lot of legal uh, actions here for John Jones. I think we will see him compete again. But again, you know, hopefully this is the incident that maybe ends the string of incidents. And we can see again, John Jones, in my opinion, and I know some people don't like to say it, but in my opinion, the greatest of all time, John Jones, I want to see that guy in the cage, man. I want to see him doing this thing at heavyweight. I mean, trying to accomplish historical things. We just want to see these guys compete and do it at their best. And, um, you know, hopefully John Jones can get whatever help he needs and, and uh, can get back to that, that spot. And the crazy thing about it, John, is it's not like a black or white situation where the UFC can say, all right, John Jones, you cut and there's your punishment because in reality even though you know that is an uncomfortable situation he's probably going to have the opportunity to earn even more money outside of the ufc if he is cut so it's not exactly it's not exactly a punishment this is what people don't understand it's not the same as you know uh, a lower card fighter being cut and then his uh, possibility to earn big money is gone a guy like john jones translates into boxing translates into these triller cards translates into these big money cards so it's not um cutting him isn't exactly the punishment that a lot of people believe is going to affect him as much as they think it will thing that i didn't like that's right yeah. the thing that i sorry john just quickly the thing that i didn't like about that tweet is where he was like oh you know it hurts so much and this and that like to me it felt like it was a bit of a slight on jackson on on uh, coach wink it would almost mm. seem like john jones was saying like hey man like you're abandoning me and you're not supporting me in my time of need i i got the sense that he completely missed the point of what was happening and he wasn't taking any responsibility and he was just like oh but shout out to the guys that are sticking by me and tell me if you if you think i'm wrong by all means but it, it almost felt to me like a big mid, middle finger to coach wink saying like hey man i'm hurting i'm this and that and and, and you're leaving me but these guys are great because they're sticking by me and you're not and I, I didn't like it because it felt like he's just once again not taking responsibility for what's happening and i just feel like that's kind of been the trend with his career it's kind of this like it's never my fault oh it's you know it's, it's the gas station dick pills oh it's it's this like oh I, I don't know how it got there like he's had some hilarious um, hearings in the, in the, in the, in the commissions where it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an excuse. I've got no idea. And then there was the situation where like, you know, with his fiance and we still don't know the details. So it's like, I, I want to tread carefully. Like we, we don't know what happened if, but if, if the reports are to be believed, then um, that's just scum. That's just pure scum. And then it's like the next day he's, he's benching and then he's like, oh, you know, alcohol did this to me. And da, 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 da. it's like, dude, it's not the alcohol. It's you, mate. Like, stop blaming alcohol. The alcohol doesn't just fly out of nowhere and come into your mouth. And then it's like, oh, how, how did this happen? We're all people. We all got to take responsibility. So I think what, what we share in common, John, is that like, I'm glad that Wink did this. And maybe it's just a PR thing, but I'm glad, you know, he, he's at least trying to wake John up and go, hey, man, there's consequences because I feel like one big trend in his career there's never been any consequences he's lost belts and he's come back you know he's, he's lost fights and he's come back i don't know am, am, am i crazy here am i wrong 
No, you're not. I think you're actually, I think you're spot on. I saw a lot of people with the same response and it was my initial response too, where it's like, are you really taking responsibility? A lot of people say, you know, he was kind of painting himself as a victim, as mm. you said that the, you know, this guy abandoned me. So I completely understand what you're saying. And I got that initial impression as well. But then when I, when I, when I look back at those words, I guess, you know, maybe I'm a silver lining type of guy that's looking for the best possible outcome. I think, man, if, if it really does affect you that much, that a guy that you with your own words are saying you respect that much, if he has to make this decision, you know, maybe you'll sit back and think about it. Maybe, because, again, as you said, he, he hasn't had to pay any price up to this point. right? I mean, clearly, mm. like I said, the arrests, the fines, the community service, the, the what everything that he's gone through hasn't been the wake up call at this point. So while I completely agree with your take on that tweet, I just kind of looked at those words. and I thought, well, maybe that will resonate with you. Maybe when you step back, if you, what you're saying is true, that you respect this guy this much and you see he had to make this decision, maybe you will look inward and say, man, what have I done for this man to have to make a decision like that? Maybe he won't, but it's at least an opportunity. It's at least somebody taking a step. Because if you just keep going, you know, as Winkle John said, and it's true, if you just keep, well, hopefully it'll get better. You know mm. what I mean? Let's just keep doing what we were doing. No, it doesn't get doing. And what you said is true as well. You know, again, alcohol does seem to have been involved in, in every one of these incidents, you know, so it's at least a right step. But again, just stopping drinking won't stop it. You can still make those poor decisions. So there's more to it than that. But again, I mean, I don't want to rag on the guy completely without commending him for at least trying to, to take certain steps, you know, at least support him. But um, again, I just I think we hope I just I think we all hope it gets better because the guy is a tremendous talent inside of the cage. And obviously he's got a family that this is impacting as well. And, um, you know, certainly you don't like to hear anything about uh, issues with violence in the home, whether it be towards a, a partner or whether it be towards children. Mm. Uh, you know, we're all just trying to develop the best children we can in, in the world. And yeah, it made me sad. You know, I mean, if you said we don't know the full incidents yet, but I, I remember, you know, that part of the police report where it was the child that was asking for the police to be called and obviously yeah. you know I have a nine-year-old son you know and I, I thought about that man like where would we be in my life you know what have I done if my nine-year-old son is is asking yes please to call the police on my dad you know what I mean and that's just it's heartbreaking to think about you know what I mean so um you know I just uh, I hope for the best for John Jones and and I, I think your take on the tweet is com is completely accurate he's got to take some responsibility but I guess like I said I'm I'm, I'm an optimistic guy by nature and, and I'm hoping that this is a moment where you step back and go like man if this dude that I really respect had to make this decision maybe I do play a, a role in it and, and maybe I'll make some changes yeah, absolutely. And also because it was the night, it was the night of the Hall of Fame. We also are his family and we know his, uh, he brought his daughters with him to fight weeks before. So it's kind of like it's uh, I think it's a very difficult situation for fans. It's definitely at the end of the day when the John Jones autobiography is written, you know, it's there's going to be a lot of uh, ups and downs. And you just hope that at the end, you know, he's able to get to a place where he, he can have some kind of legacy outside of what we're seeing today. But just quickly, just, John, just, before just we- Just quickly, before you talk UFC 270 and what happened to Adesanya Whitaker in the middleweight division, you mentioned legacy, Dennis. Two men that are fighting for their legacy, UFC 268, Kamara Usman and Colby Covington, the rematch. How would you like to go there for free? Luxury, accommodation, free flights, free tickets. How would you like that? Because that's exactly what our good friends at Canadips are giving away. Two free tickets, AFA, luxury lodging to UFC 268 Usman versus Covington 2. All you got to do, you don't need to buy anything. All you got to do is go to CanadipsCBD.com, join in the madness, click the link on the homepage, F-O-T-Y, which is fight of the year. You put your name, your Instagram handle, that's it. And you're in the draw to win. Go there for free. For those curious, Canadips CBD are a smokeless and tobacco and nicotine free dip alternative with cutting edge CBD technology from the land of magic Humboldt County, California. No more rubbing lotions on your thighs after rolling all the, on the map. 
or sneaking gummy bears into your workout regime. Canadip CBD are fast acting, calorie free, and other best smokeless product on the market. You can now pack fatties anytime, anywhere, wherever you want, and you don't need to worry about bad looks from your co-workers or the old wife. The dip has been evolved forever. Isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, man. And just to clarify yet again for everybody at home, to win this amazing package, there is no purchase necessary. Go to CanadipsCBD.com and click on the Fight of the Year link on the homepage. Drop your email and phone number, and Canadips will pick one lucky winner on October 25th at 5 p.m. PST live on the at Canadips Instagram. And speaking of the Instagram, you can also enter through the Instagram at Canadips. Type it in and look for the blue check verified account and click the link in the bio. Man, Madison Square Garden, one of the biggest cards of the year. You guys could be there thanks to Canadips. And Cass, uh, with the big fights coming up, I mean, we talk about this, we speak about this, we point this out. There is only one place to make some real cash when the big fights roll around, and that is at MyBookie. Guys, if you go to MyBookie today, sign up with the promo code submission, and you guys can make some serious money on this Vittori Costa fight happening this weekend. What about UFC 267? Dan Hooker in there against Islam Markachev. What's going to happen there? Some crazy odds and opportunities to make some serious cash. You can only make money at one place, and that is MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the code word submission and our friends at my bookie. That's right. Let us know who you're betting on this weekend with Costa and Vittori, which uh, is going to be a crazy fight, man. Maybe fight yeah. of the year. But if you're going to have a fight of the year, it's better to watch it. Don't have a fight of the year with your balls and your razor in the shower, trying to, you know, make yourself the best version of yourself. Say goodbye to any troubles with the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, the pound for pound greatest grooming tool on the market. Get your black belt in ball trimming with its 7,000 an RPM power motor. You've got the LED light. You've got the travel lock. You've got a whole bunch of different guards as well. So you can adjust the length of, uh, of your pubes. It's also waterproof. So you can bang it out in the shower nice and quick. And the performance package 4.0 comes with a whole bunch of goodies. You get the trimmer itself. You get the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. You get the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, which you can basically carry with you if you're out and about or on a date or whatever. You can go to the bathroom, splash it on. You smell nice and fresh. And then you get two free gifts, the performance box of briefs and the shed travel bag. So you can whack it all together and uh, carry it with you. Wherever you go, isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, man. Listen, we're all coming out of COVID. We're all coming out of the lockdown right now, especially here in Victoria, in Australia. And I know a lot of the guys at home haven't had the opportunity to get out and about and get the equipment ready for what's about to come. It's going to be a crazy, crazy summer where everybody gets out of lockdown. Things are going to be happening. So just so you're ready for it, don't be the guy with the rainforest downtown. Make sure that you're ready, that you're silky smooth, that you're a smooth criminal with Manscaped. Use the code word submission. Get 20% off and free shipping. Get ready for this uh, apocalyptical uh, exit to the lockdown that's just about to happen. And if you're all around the world and you're already out of the lockdown, make sure that those speed stripes are in shape and ready to go with the code word submission and Manscaped today. But just quickly, John, before we go to the main event, i got to find out from you, Adesanya Whitaker. we saw that obviously this weekend we've got Costa Vittori, but while we're talking about the middleweight division, we saw that Adesanya Whitaker was targeted for UFC 270. I'm just curious, man, from what you understand, what exactly is going on with that fight? We thought it was supposed to be in January. Why has it been delayed? Is there any particular reason from what you understand? 
from what I so apparently it's February is now the target as I guess you guys have heard and and I don't know you know the, the, I'm hoping maybe it's because they feel like there might be some changes to the world but good lord it doesn't really look like that does it and in fact I'm sure you saw the memo that went out recently to USC fighters that was advising them that you know US travel is going to be restricted for anybody internationally uh you know unless they they have the vaccine and they're fully vaccinated so I mean that's a huge impact so you know I got to be honest with you and, and it's just nobody's really talking about it but it's my guess is it just has to do with the logistics of all this because if, if if we can't get international fighters into the United States um, you know does that mean everything goes to Abu Dhabi and I'm obviously you guys are going to be a lot more familiar with what the situation is down in the Anzac region but uh, you know it, it, it's it's uh, it's tough right now right I mean it's uh, it, it's difficult the logistics it just when it seemed like I don't know about you guys but I mean I felt like this summer I thought like hey man things are improving like we're getting better we're gonna get back to normal and now it seems like no we're not we're not getting anywhere close to normal so <laughs> um, you know I, I think this is really the logistics that are gonna be and uh, you know Maybe it turns out that, that that Abu Dhabi is, you know, Fight Island is is back on the map, you know, more for the, more than than just one week, you know, one pay per view. Uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, they've got some real logistical things to take. I mean, look, even in, within the last couple of weeks, I mean, Dana White was even saying like. I think we're going to pull off Madison Square Garden, but I'm not willing to sit here and say 100% we're going to be good at Madison Square Garden. You know, so I mean, that's just the reality of how things are right now, and it's uh. It's interesting, man. You just have to be fluid and take it and, and roll with it because things change and they are completely beyond your control. I mean, I mean, God, ever, ever in your life before all this happened, did you ever think we'd live in a time where, like, you know, I think this fight will happen unless, of course, our borders are shut down and nobody can get here. I mean, this is it's bizarre, man. It's bizarre. So I, I think, honestly, it just boils down to logistics. And, of course, you know, they want to capitalize. That's a big fight, man. That's a really big fight. Uh, and it's not one you just want to, you know, you don't want to do it in the apex if you don't have to. And I, I don't think you'd even want to do it at T-Mobile Arena if you don't have to. I think it'd be a good show, but I think you'd like to do it somewhere else and maybe capitalize, you know, on the regional draws of those two fighters. The funny thing is that Brunson and uh, Cannoneer is still uh, on, on UFC yeah. 270. <laughs> so that was kind yeah. of meant to be like the backup. And it's like, now there's no backup. Like, unless, I don't know, unless Costa Vittori. Now, y y who can you even make on the, on the undercard as far as middleweights? That was the backup. And now we don't have it for, you know, UFC 271 or whatever. Whatever. That's right. Yeah, unless you shift that one too, you know what I mean? Who who knows what's going to happen? I mean, again, it's it's crazy. You know, I, I, this just past year and a half of just how cards get floated and moved and things change. And I mean, heck, uh, a, a positive COVID test in your camp can change everything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's just uh, it's just wild times, man. I I, ah, I cannot wait to be done with this, man. I, I thought we were going to be done by now, man. I cannot wait to have this phase of our of our lifetimes over with. Yeah, and I think it's super disappointing as well because Israel Adesanya is someone that's such an active fighter, yet you know we don't get a chance to see him fight because of everything that's going on in New Zealand with some of the harshest COVID rules out there that basically stop you from even coming back into the country unless you win a lottery. So it's just crazy over there. I'm hoping this transition to the U.S. means we can see more fights in the future. Final question from us, and then we'll let you go, John. This fight this weekend, Costa Vittori, both guys coming off losses here to Israel, both guys with seemingly a lot on the line, a lot to win here. Um, Polo Costa, you know, going into the Israel fight, you know, is such a big uh, fan presence. People really saw him as an annihilator. And then after that fight, kind of a bit of a sour uh, taste in their mouth. Vittori, you know, showing that, you know, things aren't over here. What are you expecting from this fight and who are you leaning towards um, winning it this weekend? 
I love this fight, man. I really do. I think this is the best fight you could make in the division right now with with everybody that's left out of you know the top contenders. And, and I love the stories behind both of them, both of them looking for redemption. You already had a chance to talk to Marvin Vittori a little bit late last week, and he's fired up as always, as you can imagine. You know, admits <laughs> that he probably was. He actually said to me, I probably was a little too emotional going into that last fight. I'm like, you think? Do you, do you remember the press conference? Uh, so he's, you know, he's like, dude, that's just me by nature, though. So, you know, I got to dial that back a little bit. Um, you know, he caught a lot of grief. You know, he, he told me, he's like, I don't think Adesanya was better than me. You know, I don't think he had better cardio or better this. You know, he was just smarter than me, but I don't think he was better. And he caught a lot of grief for that. And I, you know, I kind I, I, I would warn people, like, that's what you want guys to say. You know what I mean? You don't want a guy that's still competing and hoping to fight Israel Adesanya one day to go in there and be like, that dude is just way better than me and I'll never have an opportunity to beat him. I mean, that's not the attitude you can allow yourself to have. So, you know, he wants to get back to Adesanya. He knows it's going to take a little bit. I don't think one win is going to be able to do it. But, you know, the way he sees it is, look, I'm, I, I, I want to face everybody. He's like, I, I'll be, you know, everybody in the division. I want to be known as the guy that fought everybody in the division. So if that means the title's involved, it's not, whatever. He's like, I'll get back to Israel Adesanya. So a lot on the line for him. And Paulo Costa, a lot on the line for him, too, because exactly what you said, man. I, I feel like that reputation that he had built is just, like, gone overnight in one mm. fight. You know, I don't think mm. people have that fear of him anymore. But the great thing about it is, you know, if Paulo Costa goes out there and just lands a big hammer early on, I mean, the guy still looks the part. You know what I mean? If he can turn in some highlights, I think fans are going to be real quick to jump back on his side as a scary, intimidating guy. And, you know, that I, I appreciate his honesty and what, what he talked about on Fight Island. I will say, I mean, sleeping over there uh, is an absolute pain in the ass. Those middle of the night fights and the schedule. I mean, it was it, it wreaked havoc on us all. I mean, I might have had a bottle or two of wine while I was over there, too, if you know what I'm saying. It hey, we've never seen your performance impacted by a bottle or two of wine, though, John. That's How true. You get better. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand where he's coming from. A lot on the line. I don't think either one of these guys is going to get a title shot with this, but it's important because both of them want to get back there. They need to get a win here. So I love this fight. Uh, I'm leaning towards Marvin Vittori here, to be honest with you. I mm. think he's got the, the more well-rounded skill set. Um, I, I think, you know, the grappling is going to make it tough for him. I think he's got to lean on that a little bit. But, you know, Paulo Costa, if he lands that big shot, he's, he's always got that opportunity. So certainly a, a great, great fight. I can't wait for it. Uh, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning slightly towards Marvin Vittori. Don't think it's the number one contender fight. Obviously, you know, Brunson and Cannoneer, as you guys mentioned, the backup fight uh, that was supposed to be. To me, those guys still have the inside track on number one. But, you know, the loser here is going to have a much longer journey to get back to the top while the winner is going to be, uh, you know, remain in that elite echelon of the division. So it's a big one. 100%, man. Guys, make sure to follow MMA Junkie for all your fight week coverage. And of course, follow the OG, the legend in blue, the king of the first question, John Morgan himself at MMA Junkie. John, always a pleasure, man. You've, you've made us realize how much we miss doing these. We took a break from, you know, any of these breakdown analysis, whatever, except pre-fight previews. I think we're going to have to do these more often, John. Thank you so much for your time, man. Always appreciate it. I love it, man. Always a pleasure, guys.